0: Kind of old fashioned cop who preferred working in the streets and making arrests to taking tests toward promotion. He was the closest thing New York had to a dirty Harry. This
1: is One Tough Podcast on the OG Podcast Network.
0: Here's your host, Bo Deedle. Welcome to One Tough Podcast. I'm joining here, like always, with uh, Carlo. Good morning. Today, we're really pleased and honored. To welcome, and I don't say this lightly, my dear friend Sean Hannity, host of the National Syndicated Sean Hannity Radio Show and Hannity on Fox News. Sean, welcome, and thanks for being hey. here, Sean.
1: Let me tell oh, you something. One of my best friends, love you to death. Here you are, you know, you're doing your podcast, now you're killing it, you're on TV, you're, you're everywhere. We can't get rid of you.
0: All I could say is one thing, a lot of people don't know Sean Hannity the way I know Sean Hannity. And I'll say it right out. You're one of the most honest, one of the most loyal, and one of the best friends that I've had in my life. Because, you know what, no matter no matter what, you stand by your friend, Sean. And I'd like to talk to you a little bit about, so let people know, you know, they, they know Sean Hannity. I rush home every night at 9 o'clock, and I make sure I watch you every night. And you went after things, and you continue to go after, and what you're going after now, we're starting to see in Congress. But let's start with Sean Hannity growing up. Where'd you grow up, Sean?
1: Uh, I grew up in Long Island in Franklin Square. Uh, I have, you know, a little quick family background. I mean, both my grandparents grew up uh, in Ireland and uh, in their teens made it over to the U.S., you know, at at, uh, the Statue of Liberty, Randall's Island. And um, they, you know, they worked hard. It was very difficult. There was a lot of poverty. Same for my mom and dad. My my dad was in bed my mom, the South Bronx, and, uh, you know, it was a big deal. He signed up for World War Two. my father, and he fought his four years in the Pacific and he came home and, you know, he was kind of lucky to be able to get a 50 by a 50 lot in Long Island and... You know, a Cape Cod house with uh, three older sisters and one bathroom, which is living hell on earth. And, <laughs> you know, here we are.
0: Well, you know, as a young as a young boy, you know, I, I grew up with a father from Germany and mother from Italy. And I remember right. one thing about your work ethics, the well, same as mine. We did every kind of a job when we grew up. I mean, busboy, yeah, bartender, right. short-order cook. What stuff did you do, Sean? Uh,
1: I was delivering papers at eight uh washing dishes by hand they didn't have a machine at a restaurant pretty busy one every Friday Saturday Sunday night at 12 a cook somewhere between 12 and 14 you know they I would stay and you know I learned how to cook steaks and stuffed lobster and you know burgers and fries and you know just kind of a pub menu late at night and I really 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 liked that job uh then I went to the front of the house and I' was a busboy waiter bartender uh on my 17th birthday i was tending the bar i'd moved to a different place by that point some people may remember it, it was called the
0: merry peddler in floral park absolutely know exactly where it is yeah and hey, listen to me one that, question when did you go to college sean i did i mean how much did your parents uh, I, pay nothing <laughs>
1: well they didn't have the money I mean my mom worked in the Nassau County prison she was a prison guard my dad worked in family court probation in Queens and they, they, you know they didn't have enough money now they they saved enough and as, as much as they wanted all their kids to get a, a Catholic education and so my my three older sisters they went to Catholic school Catholic high school Um I went to Sacred Heart in Hempstead from first through eighth is co-ed, and then the high school's all girls. And then I went to St. Pius uh, after that, which was it was kind of either you go to Shalmanot or you go to Pius. There was no real choices there. Yeah. Um, and I spent four years there, and then I went to Adelphi for a year. And uh, while I was work, I was simultaneously working pretty full time. Tending bar, or at some point I switched over and I was tending bar at Salisbury on the Green at the time at Eisenhower Park, and it was like a wedding factory. I'd do five weddings: one on Friday night, two Saturday, two Sunday, and they had these big tents all over the place. So it was, you know, it was fun. I had, I liked it. And made a lot of money.
0: What got you you interested, uh, Sean, into doing radio? I mean, that to me is the most interesting thing: how a person's career turns in a certain direction. What got you interested with the radio, and where'd you start with that? You
1: know, it's funny. My parents were always coming into my room because I stay up late at night and listen to radio, and it was never TV. I mean, if there was, you know, if there was a Mets game on or a Yankees game or a Rangers game, I'd be all over TV. Short of that, I was listening to radio. And, you know, the great pioneers of talk radio at the time, you, you'll you remember Good Guy Radio, AM, uh, you know, MCA Radio, WMCA. They were huge. They they had guys like Barry Farber and, and really the, the real pioneers. And uh, Barry was an education. He not only speaks like 35 languages, but... Um, he's a great historian and he would always tell a story in the dangers of losing freedoms and communism. And, you know, he, I remember one night he said, get a map, I'll wait, get a map. And I pull out a map and I'm going through and he gives us a a history lesson about um, communism and socialism and the dangers of such and, and very illustrative. And then you had like a liberal like Barry Gray was on and, later on bob grant would be on and uh bob bob known to be being known for his incendiary tough uh hey uh, get off my phone, you yeah. freak <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? You know, it's um, just funny. I don't want to tell you my age, but I've actually did uh, Barry Farb and Bob Grant shows. <laughs> I go way back there to those days, and oh then, my God, yeah. and then, uh, and then with the inception of Fox News, with my dear friend, and I'll say, it, and I'll say it publicly, my real dear friend Roger Ellis, who I miss very much, who was the uh, pioneer Ooh. that took on and formed this great Fox News channel. And I remember when we, when I first started coming on there, I used to do the other communist channels there, CNBC, CNN, and then right. when I started coming over, I remember doing your show when our dear friend Combs was alive with you and Hannity and Combs, and, and I'm going to tell you something, there was something about you from the beginning, Sean, where you cut through all the nonsense, and you tell it like it is, whether people like Sean Hannity or not, you tell the truth, and one thing about you, you stand by it, and you stand by oh, yeah. people you believe in. <laughs> Well, you know, I believe strongly in who I am.
1: Uh, I think the country, you know, it's funny. People write about my relationship with the president. They don't even know what the hell they're talking about. Nobody's ever gotten it right. But, you know, the things that he's pushing and advocating for, lower taxes, limited uh, burdensome regulation, which he's done a great job of eliminating, um, energy independence, which is so important to me, Once we get these two pipelines online and we start drilling out in Anwar and we expand natural gas production, um, we're we're talking about hundreds of thousands of real career jobs, high-paying jobs for Americans that that don't have these opportunities. And so, you know, and then my years in. You know, I spent five years in Rhode Island. I did construction. I followed through with my love of radio. I would listen to the WRKO in Boston and Gene Burns and and the late Jerry Williams and David Brudnoy who was on another station. And you know, and I started calling into these shows and. I made it to Santa Barbara, California, and that's where I began my radio career in 1986
0: or 7. You know, it's just funny, Sean. Like I said, and I truly do get my butt home at 9 o'clock because I, I, love, I love watching you. Nah, I feel like I'm with well, you all the when
1: time. you're dating. You
0: got... But Bo, Bo, Bo
1: always has the best-looking fiance, so that's it. You got to remember that.
0: And let me tell you something about you, Sean. This is something that I've noticed. It's like Fox against everyone. What has happened with Media Matter? I don't know if you remember when I used to be a Fox News uh, contributor for twelve years. There, every time I said something, Media Matter would come after me. When I ran for mayor, every aspect of my life was controlled and dissected by these bunch of punks from Media Matter. And all they want to do is take you down. The other day, I was flying up from Florida. I was flying up with Don Lemon. And I didn't even recognize, I honestly didn't even recognize who he was. He comes, hey, Bo, how you doing? And I said, fine. Then I have realized who he was. And, you know, he goes, do you really feel that way? I said, let me tell you something, Don. That's what's great about America. Nobody tells me how I have to feel. And you as an American, we have a choice. <laughs> it's like us, meaning us, meaning I feel like I'm a Fox Family guy still, even though I'm not right. there, but it's Fox against everyone: CBS, NBC, CNN, MSNBC. Nothing we can do is right. Everything that they want. Now you got this nut job from Queens, uh, the bartender. All of a sudden, she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. She's attacking the uh, the uh, chairman of the board of Wells Fargo Bank with. with facts that don't make no sense, and people listen to this garbage. This is what, I mean, scary uh, my, because my, my we got children.
1: you Go Talking about uh, Alexandria Cotter-Cortez, my favorite of the week is her telling people, don't worry about your jobs being replaced by automation and robots. It gives you more time to create art. And she's serious. Um, remember her proposal, and it's not just hers at this point. You've got Real, supposedly serious 2020 candidates. A lot of them that support this deal. Uh, this deal will eliminate all gas and oil, the lifeblood of our economy. We've finally, after 70 years, become energy independent because of the president. We're now a net exporter of energy. He's got two pipelines now being built. Uh, that's going to, in the end, create hundreds of thousands of jobs. Um, and ANWR is open, and, and now we're about to say the lifeblood of our economy, oh, no, no, we're going to we're gonna put up solar panels, we're going to eliminate the combustion engine, and we'll add charging stations and high-speed rail, and you're going to get a guaranteed job, a guaranteed salary, guaranteed medical family leave, guaranteed vacation. Uh, you're going to get free, free, free health care, but you can't buy your own. You've got to use the government plan. Uh, you'll get guaranteed retirement, you get guaranteed, you know, the best working conditions, you know, it sounds great, Paul. Everything's free, but the problem is it's been tried and it fails. Well, look. It. Let's it. let's
0: look. Let's look right down south in Venezuela. People are drinking sewage right. water. That country was one of the richest countries still can be, but because they went to the socialism aspect of life, look what's going on here. People are starving, drinking sewage water. I mean, look. Let's be real. I'm scared. You know why I'm scared, Sean? Because 95% of this country are people who are not doing. That great, and they're hearing these psychopaths, socialists talk about what they're going to do, and it's very scary because when they come out to vote, they think that they're going to get something for free, and then they say you don't even have to work if you don't want to.
1: part of the stress of life, though, and you know this from going back to the days, you know, before you were working with Martin Scorsese on every film that you work in now, but you know when you were a cop, and you know my family was all law, law enforcement. You know, I had more cousins that were policemen on the NYPD. Uh, we had two family members that made it to the FBI. They were like deity. And my father, he family court. My mom, the prison guard. I, you, nobody knows. I nearly went into the academy. I was appointed to the academy, I think, when I was 19 or 20. And I don't know why I didn't go, to be honest. I, I, it was kind of set for me. I took the test, took the physical, took the psychological. Somehow I passed that, and, you know, I was ready to go.
0: Well, all I can Um, say is I would have loved Sean had to be my partner, my younger partner, but I think we would have got locked (laughs) up,
2: Sean. We would
1: have got locked up. Yeah, we might have gotten locked up. Well, in the old days, you know, you'd be able to go into a bar and get a beer, and nobody would say anything.
2: Yeah. Sean, following up on what you were saying, uh, you know, you talked about your blue-collar upbringing, uh, hard work, and that dedication. Do you think that your background and your life growing up uh, allows you to connect with uh, the middle-class audience that uh, trusts you and, you know, really is interested in what you have to say because you understand what their life is like? You know, the
1: reason that I wanted Trump to win so badly is because I, I I can't, it sounds stupid in a way, and people are going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Most of my life, you know, I didn't come from money. I was, look, we were low middle class. We had a 50 by 100 lot Cape Cod house. It was a long way from the South Bronx where my mom grew up and a long way from Bed-Stuy where my dad grew up. Um, You know, my dad had a particularly hard life because you know, his mom uh, died just like two months after he was born from complications of childbirth with him. Mm. And, um, but it, it, I, I worked since I was eight years old. I mean, doing a paper out after school, you know, worked, I delivered the long-on press, Newsday, mm. uh, the daily news at one point in the morning. Um, I, I always worked. You know, I couldn't imagine my kids, they're a little older now, but when they were 12, Working every Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, washing dishes by hand in a restaurant, coming home at two in the morning after they had, you know, two same Pauli girls.
0: And it seems, and, it seems, Sean, it seems like yeah. people who see people uh, fight and work very hard to become successful is a jealousy factor even in my own life you know I was an ex-detective, ex-cop and I try to be halfway successful give better things to my family than I had but there's a jealous factor that comes into play and even with President Trump who I love and respect you know people are jealous of the fact that he became wealthy and his dad was wealthy and all that but you're an epitome and people should listen to Sean Hannity more than anybody Because what you came from was nothing, and you built something. And when you speak, and again, 9 o'clock every night, Uncle Bo is watching you. And I like your new shirts, your new ties. They're very nice, Uh, very, very nice. Hey, you like I lost weight, right? (laughs) Yeah, you look really, really good. I like the new shirts and the ties, too, Sean, because the other ties, Uh, the the Trump ties, were getting a little tired. I just want to let you know.
1: (laughs) I don't pick any of my clothes. (laughs) You you look Bo. I don't think we'd ever, we've ever been out to dinner and me not being in jeans. So. Um, I know,
0: I know. A lot of people don't know that, but uh, again,
1: yeah, I mean, you are a person. You know, by the way, pe- Bo's wearing like these, you know, ten thousand dollar custom suits <laughs> and looks, you know, beautiful jewelry and uh, you know, Bo walks into a restaurant and boy, the place explodes. Well, I'll tell you that. Well, I'm by, I'm by the way, I'm, how, much, I'm, how much fun do we have? The times that. Me and you and Geraldo, our mutual friend, and you know we all get together, and you know we have the best times because
0: you, you know what, you know what Sean Sean, which was great when we would fly down to Florida to play golf. We'd go into a real uh, shit kick a bar, and I mean elbow of the world bar, and to see the response people have towards you, the love that they have towards you, but because you're the you're the people's person and everyone uh, relates to you because now you've walked the walk so when you talk the talk, Sean and my compliments because I've been following you my compliments finally get the Republican Senate and the Republican House representatives there to start filing up on the real criminal aspect of what happened during this election prior to President Trump getting elected what they did is criminal how the FBI higher ups were you is criminal, and how they got that warrant is criminal, and that's the real collusion, and I love you for that. You stayed on top of it. Now it's starting to break. It's like a pimple that's popping, and I watch every night to hear the next shooter drop, because yeah. I don't think they're going to be happy. Well,
1: there's, there's, there's a shooter drop today. Um, Congressman Doug Collins has unilaterally decided that he's going to release all the transcripts of all these interviews with all these you know, deep state players, and Two days ago, he released uh, uh, Lisa Page's testimony. Today, he's going to release Peter Strzok's testimony. So we'll have a lot on that. Last week, he released Bruce Orr's testimony. What's so revealing about the Page testimony is that we now know that the Hillary Clinton email server investigation was rigged from the get-go. It was being run right inside the office of Loretta Lynch. And that raises questions about what she knew and when she knew it. Raises more questions about what really happened on that tarmac with Bill Clinton and Phoenix. It raises questions about well, what did then President Obama know about all of this and when did he know it and you know, who gave her the order to call it a matter instead of an investigation like she tried to pull with Comey and why did they take out the original draft the legal standard language of gross negligence and replace it with extreme carelessness and then add another burden that's not even in the, law. What qu- have the one question
0: we I have, Sean: What yeah. took us too long? What took us so long? Two years. I mean, I was watching the Senate our, our great, our great senator there uh, last night on your show last night. But what took us two and a half years to get our asses going and start to investigate this? I know we had that moron Bro, Sessions. Years, you know. It's like
1: you know, Bo. I'm going to tell you. There's, you know, we have a really good team that's been on this. Greg Jarrett and you know, Don Solomon, Sarah Carter, and Sidney Powell, and David Schoen, and, you know, we've got all these really, really good people that have been digging deep, and members of Congress like Jordan and Meadows, and this new guy, Doug yeah. Collins, and, you know, it's just that they've been fighting us every step of the way. But, but what we yeah, have yeah. is, irrefut- we have irrefutable evidence now mm-hmm. uh, that, in fact, Hillary, even James Baker, under under... Under Jim Comey, his, his number one lawyer, his, the general counsel of the FBI, we now know, wanted to indict Hillary on the Espionage Act. Uh, the case of her eras- erasing 33,000 emails and uh, cleaning her hard drive with bleach bit and busting up her devices. Well, any other American would be charged with—
0: Tampering uh, with evidence.
1: —obstruction. Yeah. And remember, she did this—these were subpoenaed documents— and then from there, her and her campaign, we now know, and her being in charge of the DNC money, they funneled money from a law to a law firm over to Fusion GPS and Op Research Group, hired a fi- foreign national, Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele puts together a series of papers that have become known as the dossier. Um, none of it is verified. None of it's corroborated. Uh, Bruce Orr, in August of 2016, said as much and warned everybody that Hillary paid for it. It's not verified, and Christopher Steele hates Trump. And yet it was used afterwards to, number one, propagandize the American people before the election and lie to them about Donald Trump to get her elected when she should have been indicted if the law had been applied equally. And then also, that dossier is then used, not verified, not corroborated. They never tell the FISA court in their application Hillary paid for it. So they commit a fraud on the court um, and they spy on Carter Page as a means of getting into the entire Trump campaign, where we also know other spies were working at the time. Um, It's unbelievable. And then they have an insurance policy when it's all said and done. And the insurance policy is, you know, to bludgeon Trump with this phony Russian narrative that you know, he colluded with Russia and it never
0: happened. You know, the problem is you will not see it on the news media, what you just mentioned about what was released. The only place you'll yeah. see it on is Fox. You won't see it on any other channel. And it just it gets me in the pit of my stomach. I would say the one wrong thing that my president who I really, and I'll say it publicly, I love Donald Trump. He has some little little, little nitsy bitsy things about him, but I love Donald Trump. And I'm going to tell you something. The worst thing he did was to hire that idiot sessions he was for two years he was just a obstacle that stopped us from when we had the house and we had the senate and republican control is when we should have went after these people that committed crimes when they put this fake thing because i used to go for warrants when i was a detective you had to prove these warrants you had to have witnesses to this you had to swear to these warrants whoever swore to this warrant to to do this should be locked up
1: Yeah. Look, it's—I've never seen a bigger abuse of power, corruption scandal in in history. The one thing I can tell you, my sources are very clear. Devin Nunes has been very clear. Criminal referrals now are going to the Department of Justice. We have the Inspector General of the Department of Justice wrapping up this investigation into FISA abuse. You know, if if, imagine, Beau, when you were a, a a cop on the street, and you went before a court and committed a fraud and withheld exculpatory evidence or important evidence, like, oh, uh, but his best friend paid, paid for all this. Do um, you know what would happen to you? And, yeah, and that's I would what be arrested.
0: Did. I'd be arrested for putting a false warrant application in. Correct. And that's exactly, and it's criminal. It's not civil, it's criminal.
1: It's criminal? conspiracy to deny a fellow American, their, their constitutional rights. Um, it would be a conspiracy a conspiracy to purposely commit a fraud on the court. Um, and all these guys signed it. And I think a lot of them are going to be in really deep trouble. Um, starting with James Comey and page and struck and, or and McCabe and, You know, all these deep state actors that when we get to the bottom of it, what we see is, is they desperately wanted to protect Hillary, rig the investigation when she should have been charged, keep her in the game, then take her Russian lies that she paid for and disseminate it to the American people before the election, use it as an insurance policy after the election. And one thing interesting in the page testimony is that nine months into the investigation into Trump-Russia collusion before the appointment of Mueller. This is from July of 2016, right after they exonerated Hillary. They The same players started looking into Trump and Trump-Russia collusion. Well, by the time we got to May when, and the appointment of Mueller, Lisa Page says they haven't found a shred of evidence. Unbelievable. Now we know that Devin Nimitz the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, two-year investigation. They found nothing. You know, that Senator Burr, head of the Senate Intelligence Committee, two-year investigation. They found nothing. Uh, now we're waiting any day now for the uh, Mueller report, and I don't think they found anything either. Sean, what they happened?
0: Weren't. One question, Sean. What happened yep. to the Inspector General's report? That Inspector well, General's I mean, report had first, a lot of smoking guns. The first report,
1: you know, <laughs> was where we got the page and struck text, and it was very damaging to everybody involved. The I don't know where it is. I know he's working. I know that apparently his his mandate investigation grew, uh, so I know that it's taken more time for him. But he he's he's still got 500 employees. You would think he'd be able to get to the bottom of the FISA court abuse pretty quickly. Um, at some point, I think America needs to hear from those FISA court judges mm-hmm. because uh, I've never met a judge in my life that likes to be lied to and. And if you don't say, yes, your honor, no, your honor, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, uh, it is, it ain't going to work out well for you. Let me t- put it that way. Yeah. So, so I bet they're pretty ticked off that they were lied to.
2: Sean, uh, one other question on on another note. Uh, you know, we mentioned that you know there's different media outlets. People are getting their news from different sources. We have an intense division, and uh, people can't seem to agree. Uh, you've been in the news media business for a very long time. Have you ever seen anything like this? Where do you think uh, is the time, and how do we get back to a place where Americans can agree and uh, get along?
1: You know, I don't see it in the near future because. Uh, You know, between the media, which is now—they're not news people. They're they're, all—they're just an extension of all things radical, extreme, socialist Democrat. And they have been after this president since the day that he came down the escalator and announced he was going to run. And so I don't think that—I don't think we can reconcile that at all. And, um, you know, unfortunately— um, I think it's going to remain divided. I, I think what's going to, I think what's going to happen is if the president stays the course and keeps economic record after economic record after economic record, the lowest unemployment for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, uh, women in the workplace, youth unemployment. You know, if that continues and the president gets more hostages home like he did in, in with North Korea and the remains of our soldiers and our heroes home, and if the president, you know, can stop little Rocket Man from firing rockets and maybe even get a, a the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula, if he continues to get better trade deals with uh, Canada and Mexico and hopefully China soon, and he gets NATO to pay their fair share. The president gets the wall built, which, you know, it's an 80-20 issue. The American people want our, our borders secure. Um, I think he'll run into re-election, and, you know, we're watching a Democratic Party implode. They, they represent nothing of what the Democratic Party has ever looked like you, in the past.
0: You know what pisses me off, Sean? Yesterday, a young woman was murdered. Yesterday I saw in the news a 12-year-old girl was violently raped all by illegal people. Where the hell is it on the other channels? And I get angry when I see this. And I mean it's right in the faces. Why isn't it on CNN? Why is it on MSNBC? Because
1: it doesn't fit their narrative. Look, I've interviewed I've met over the years, though, and interviewed many over the years. Um people, parents that have lost their kids in a two-year period um, in America. Now, look, I'll I'll argue that 98% of people that cross the border illegally are generally good people. They're not respecting our laws and our sovereignty and our borders and our Constitution. But the reason they're so attracted to America is because they view this as the land of opportunity and milk and honey. And they're coming from countries that have no opportunity—something we all probably take for granted. But you know, then you have that two percent element that we know. Well, that's where ninety percent of the heroin in this country comes from across that border. And then we've got the fentanyl problem, also those drugs coming across that border. Uh, we've got cartels, we've got gangs, um, mm. in a two year period, 4,000 homicides against Americans committed by illegal immigrants, 30,000 sexual assaults and a hundred thousand violent assaults. Um, you know, for those that say that's a manufactured crisis, I'm like, go talk to the families of the victims that will never see their kids again. Cause I have, mm. And have become friends with the, some of them. You know, and, and,
0: you know, Sean, not to cut you up, but I'm going to tell you something, really. What's scary is some of these candidates that are running, first of all, they want to lower the uh, voting age to 16. Then they want right. to allow anyone who comes across the border to effectively Illegal. be able to vote.
1: vote. Oh, and then they want want to stack the Supreme Court so that uh, Donald Trump doesn't get many more picks and gets the you know, with, on the size of the Supreme Court. It's Look, scary. We've di- we got know, a lot Sean, of challenges, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, Listen, I've been advocating for the same things my whole career. This president's getting it done. And conservatism works. He's governing as a conservative. He's got two great Supreme Court justices, the biggest tax cut in history, the biggest decline in burdensome regulation in the, the history of the <laughs> presidency. Uh, the border wall's going up. Trade deals are verbatim. Uh We're making progress around the world with not only North Korea, but China. Um, the Middle East, you see an alliance that wasn't predicted between Israel, the U.S., the Jordanians, the Saudis, the Egyptians, the Emirates, um, all are lining up against the dangers of Iranian hegemony. And I just think that... Uh, I think the opportunity is now moving forward. If we can get these things done, uh, we'll, we'll be great. But it's scary. Uh, this going to come down to it, it, it's going to be peace and prosperity. Well, what is the economy going to be like in November of
0: 2020? You know what, John? It's scary. you got two beautiful children. I have four. I have a grandson. But I'm telling you something. On a lighter note, I'm scared for my kids and my grandchildren if this country goes the other way. And a lot of people don't realize, too, And on on an upbeat. First of all, people don't realize with you and your wife. First of all, you're a lovely couple. And the, the sense of what you did for your son and your daughter. Being at every tournament when they played tennis. You are two family members. As I talk about Ozzie and Harriet, you are what the American family is all about. Being with your kids on weekends and for tournaments, going all over the country with your oh, you children. You want
1: to laugh at it. The New York Times is inquiring whether or not my son was a real tennis player. I'm like, you're yeah, kidding me! I, I, I,
0: well, you tell yeah. me which right I'd like to slap him in the face. Yeah. I was around <laughs> you when you wouldn't play golf with me because you had to be with I your couldn't. son, your daughter, and you were there, and you Every and your weekend. wife. I mean, Since I'm they're se- like nine years old. It never stops. So, no, and you're and truly, you're truly the epitome of hard work equals success. I tell my kids, life is not the lottery. You got to work hard. To make success and that's the problem now they're trying to put into people's heads oh you don't have to do anything you'll just get it for free oh. and that's what I don't want my America to be like I yeah. want A hard work
1: Cortez saying, don't worry if robots take over your job they'll give you more time to be working on your art and your creativity I'm like okay
0: <laughs> good luck with that plan yeah. Yeah. I love you, Sean, and let me tell you something. I'm oh, very proud of you, buddy. I, I really thank you so much day. for coming on our show. Thank you very much, Sean.
1: Thank uh, you. I love you guys. you the best. Bye. Hey.
0: Wow.
2: That was some interview. It sure was. I mean, it's uh you heard it right from let me tell you something about
0: Sean Hannity. What I said, family man, father. He's truly what an American icon is because he's he, he invested. He's did everything the right everything the right way in life. It's not something about where he uh, got something for. Of course, his daddy was rich or his mommy was rich. I mean, he we worked just, hard. I saw
2: that yesterday. There was this huge scandal where uh, rich parents were bribing officials to let their kids into college. Yeah, and, you know, they took the spots of. Hard-working kids that probably deserved it more. Yeah, and it's well, a, it's a shame that that happens. Well, let's talk a little bit about current events, okay? Let's talk about it. Guess are... who
0: I'm having at dinner tonight? I'm not telling you where. Who are you having? I'm having my new best friend, and I really like him very much. New York City Council Speaker Corey Johnson. And I'm going to tell you something. I can't wait to be with him because I'm so proud of him. He now has announced to have oversight hearings on what happened to a billion dollars. Charlene, no running company, de Blasio, whatever her name is. What was her name? Charlene McRae. Okay, we could call anything you want. But I have a question. When she start talking about mental health, spending this almost a billion dollars, and she says, oh, we go to senior center, uh, senior centers. Yeah, people are there 85 years old, 90 years old are they depressed yeah a lot of them don't have any money they don't have money for food of course they're depressed i'm not worried about them you know what i'm worried about i'm worried about the children's in school my daughter teaches in the public system you cannot remove students that are disrupted to the other 32 kids if a kid walks up cursing at my spitting at my daughter and they can't remove them that's where we need the money to go for mental health to help these kids take them out of the classroom get counseling do whatever you got to do also the biggest problem with mental health is go downstairs. Look what's on the street. Look what's in Penn Station. These have the possibility of violence. These are the people that we should be spending money getting them off the street, getting counselors, getting affordable housing so they can live and and, and try to live them with a normal life. But to tell me that you went to nine senior citizen homes and you're talking to old people and they're depressed? Yeah, when I'm 90 years old if I ever make 80, I'll be depressed. Too. That's not where the money should be going. This is a joke. The, the mayor's a joke with his renewal of schools. Remember when I ran for mayor? I said it was a joke. Sure enough, that billion dollars got blown up. This is a moron. He says, "Oh, I don't want to run for president because I'm going to run the city." I tell you what, he could leave tomorrow, put Corey and Johnson as uh, the mayor of New York, let him get things
2: done. Well, another big issue in New York is that it could very well be possible that the city's running out of money. I mean, you are seeing companies moving out, the tax base is moving out. So, I mean, we have all these programs that are in desperate need, subways, transit. Uh, The mayor announced he wants to shore up our uh, coastline so that we don't get flooding. Where is this money going to come from? Excuse me. You know, I want to know something very, really serious speaking.
0: After talking to uh, Sean Hannity there, I'm scared. I'm really scared for the fact that I have children, I have a grandson, and the direction of this country is not right because the news media is not fair to the American public. Like I mentioned about those two Americans, the twelve year old girl violently raped and murdered. You will not see that. And they're illegal aliens. You would not see that on any other network. Why? Why, Carl? I'm 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 outraged about this. Why do you have to turn on Fox to get the
2: facts? It's just it's not just the networks, it's the news. Um, Publications—it's where people getting their information. And,
0: and every one of them, like Sean said, every one of them is not a news person. They're an opinion. They have an opinion. They're an opinion. Who gives a shit about anybody's opinion? What I care about is the facts. Let me know how many of these criminal elements are illegal in our country and the crimes they're committing. I want people to see why we need to shore up our southern border. Hey, look at, I Like he said, Sean. Did you believe he said that? Ninety-eight percent of them good people. I, I agree with that, that. Sure.
2: but we got to know about that other 2%. Right. And if we had a proper procedure for how people enter the country, Uh, We would know that. I I don't see any reason why anyone would disagree. Uh, It it doesn't make any sense to not have any sort of border control at all, which some on the left are calling for.
0: Well, you know what? It's got to be control. Like you said, when you go to the airport, you can't bring water on the plane. You have to show identification. Take off your shoes. And now this other joke is this. Let everybody vote. If you cross the border, you're in America, you could vote. Well, what happened to our Constitution?
2: Call him What happened to the Constitution? Come it's, on! Uh, it's being trampled. Uh, you know, you have a lot of these people that are selling a dream, and it's a false hope, and it's uh, it's really uh, cynical, and it's taking advantage of people who are in a poor situation and trying to get them to vote for you uh, when you can't deliver. Uh, I mean, automation is a serious issue that we're going to have to face. But you know, if you looked a hundred years ago, and you know, of people were involved in agriculture for a job. And then with factories and Industrial Revolution, Things change. Now we're having another revolution with the automation. Technology, yeah. Technology. So, I mean, we need to really figure out a situation where people will be able to have jobs. There's jobs that we can't even uh, fathom because they don't exist, but they will exist in the next 10, 20 years.
0: Yeah, and uh, and I mean, as far as automation goes, I've even in the security business, what we're talking about with the AI, with the cameras that we install mm-hmm. in buildings, which take away the uh, prospect of having so many physical gods when you have technology, it's, it's the future. I'm sorry to say it's the future, mm-hmm. Carlo. And we have to adjust to the future. We just can't sit back. But if I'm going to listen to uh, this or whatever her name is, and these other morons, they want us to go to the stone age. They don't want us to be able to drive a car. They don't want us to be a, how did we get to
2: our 50th state in Hawaii? We can't fly. You got to take a rowboat. Well, one of the things that really struck me in the Green New Deal is that uh, there's a provision that there will be a universal basic income for those who are unable, sure, and also unwilling to work. I mean, that is Yeah, that means bizarre. if I don't
0: want to work, I still should get money in the mail.
2: I, I mean, it's where is this coming from? I mean, I'm, I fear for a different set of facts than you do. I'm a younger person. I want to start a family. I want to buy a home. And, you know, with... Yeah. with the economy the way it is, and if the socialists get their way, I mean, look what happened right here in New York. You know, they drove Carlo, I away. hate to
0: say it, yeah. Carlo, maybe you should buy some poison and kill yourself because the future doesn't look very good. Do you have any kind of, like, vision of the future that things are going to be better or it looks very bleak? Tell me the truth, Carlo.
2: Well, the one thing that I can look forward to is that the New York uh, State Senate may legalize mobile sports betting, okay. so I just have to get a couple good picks and Then I'll be set.
0: Okay, good. Hey, I see your uncle got shot there in Staten Island,
2: huh? Uh, he's not related to me, but uh, I do know the story. If anyone has w- picked up a newspaper or watched TV this morning, this week, uh, alleged, reputed, uh, Gambino chief Frank Cali shot dead six times in the chest in front of his own home and then ran over by a car. This is very shocking. The first time a mafia chieftain, has been killed in New York City since 1985. Castellano. And, yeah. So, I mean, it's a very uh, interesting he's subject. He's a very quiet
0: in. guy. He had nothing about him. But, you know, people don't say he's a real Sicilian. He came over from the other side. And he wasn't part of the inner working of the New York crime families there. And I guess he took over, but he was under the radar. But I guess he uh, rubbed somebody wrong. And let me just tell you, you want to join that group?
2: you got to understand your day can end very quickly. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of speculation. Uh, he was very involved with the Sicilian clans. He married into the inzirillo clan of Sicily. He's also had very close ties with the Calabres organized crime syndicate who are very, very heavily involved in heroin and cocaine trafficking. Uh as we also saw a couple weeks ago in Newark, New Jersey. Nice was, looking guy. Good looking guy. He's a young guy. He was only fifty three. But I mean a handsome guy, a lot of hair too. Yeah. So I mean there was a major uh bust of cocaine seized in uh, the port of Newark, seventy seven million dollars mm. uh fifteen hundred uh tons of cocaine. Uh I think that it either could have been the Sicilians or the Canadian Organized crime element that were maybe looking to take over that route of yeah. trafficking, or it could have been one of the other New York families Boy, who follow you. Don't cease, cease to amaze me. Don't be like Sammy the Bull Rat, call I don't writing, want you get whacked. Speculating. I don't want you get whacked, the Carla. Narcotics trafficking could, you know, potentially expose a lot of people to a <clears throat> very uh, long sentences, as we've seen with El Chapo. Maybe some of the other New York crime families didn't want him uh, operating. Those routes anymore?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you something. uh, You know, we just had on Sean Hannity, and uh, I think he's mm, probably number one in the radio and in the news media. I mean, he's a person where he has a loyalty that just uh, like I do. Nine o'clock at night, I'm on Fox News. I watch Sean Hannity, and things he said. Kind of scared me a little bit, Carlo. And
2: uh, I, uh, I'm I sure think there was a, a lot of hope in what he said. Yeah. He says that if we stay the course, if we focus on our economy, our national security, peace and prosperity, things will get better. We can't really be distracted by this, uh, you know, radicalization and intense <laughs> tribalism. I mean, we can't let a small amount of voice. I, I know, but you're a, a sensible minded person. Uh, it seems like the majority of this country
0: don't think like you, me, and Sean, and they think about well, free. I hate uh, President Trump and do anything to take him out, lock him up, impeach him, doing everything in the world. I mean, it's 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 scary. And I'm going to tell you something in my life, 68 years, I'm nervous about the future. I'm truly, I'm nervous. I like the upbeat side that you have, but the problem is people. Just imagine if the news media was neutral and report everything, report the great economic, report the job for black and Hispanic on all the news stations. Trump would have a 99% approval rating, but they don't report that. They don't report anything good he's doing. All they report is negatives. That's what's scary. Well, I think
2: uh, one of the things about the media landscape now is that people have more access to information than they've ever had before. In the old days, there was three channels on TV. There was a daily newspaper, and and that was about it. Now, uh, at your fingertips on your smartphone or whatever, you have information constantly bombarded at you all the time. And I think people really need to take a look at where that information is coming from. Well,
0: I wish that people would look at that, but the only problem... Is like uh, myself, you know. I like Fox News. I like uh, Sean, but the majority of people don't watch Fox News. That's the problem across this country. You have the major networks: CBS, ABC, and NBC. And, and
2: they- but I mean, the reality is that people get things from uh, the internet. They listen to podcasts like ours. They get their information from various sources, and uh, you know, sometimes people don't want to think about things. They just want to mm-hmm. listen to people that uh, agree with their viewpoint and yeah. uh, they don't really take a look at the other side. You got to get Sean to blast this out all over his networks, right? Absolutely. I want you to text it out. I want to get on all that. He's got millions and millions of followers and, He's one of the most trusted voices in American media. I mean, he's got the ear of everyone from across America all the way to the White House. And, uh, you know, he's a very influential I think this is one of the first
0: podcasts he ever did. I'm very honored that he did our podcast. Me too,
2: you know, one of the top guys. But let's move to uh, Punk of the Week, as we always do. Okay, this is an easy one.
0: Charlene McRae de Blasio is the Punk of the Week. How dare you think the insulting values of the New York people— where you can say you spent almost a billion dollars and you can't even express. She had this new word. What's it called? She has not a medium. What's it called? A, uh, a, like a litmus test. What was it? Uh, she's had, it's in the paper today, some stupid word when she's asked about, well, what have you done? And she has things in uh, certain levels of things. She can't even explain what the hell she did. And you want to know something? That's a lot of money. And I'd like to find out what these these people that are running these nonprofits. what kind of salaries would dish that? I'd like to also find out if there's nothing earmarked like he did before I ran for mayor against him when he was moving monies into other areas. I'd like to investigate this big bird creep?
2: I think everyone should want to investigate this. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of taxpayer money, and it uh, went out the window. You Want to hear my punk of the week? Good. Uh, it's uh, across the board, but it's been a terrible week for New York sports teams. I mean, as a New York sports fan, we got really nothing good to look forward to. I'm a Giants fan. They traded Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, it's, uh, it's a really... Bad situation. I don't know who to root for anymore. At least we got Yankee season coming up.
0: Listen to me. You root for your teams and you hope. And I'm 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 a little pissed off about my friend in this building, Jim Dolan. He gets picked on about everything. You want to know something? Like I said to you before, Carlo. He owns the team. The people under him, the coaches, the ones that get the talent, they're the ones that are responsible. You're bosses, They're the ones that make it work. I'll never forget my friend Jack Welsh talked about business, how built. The top, bottom 10%, you get rid of all the time, and you replace them. People work harder, and they'll get better talent. They'll strive harder to work harder. So in reality is, don't give up on the New York teams,
2: Carlo. Well, if the Knicks sign a good free agent, I'll be very happy again.
0: And you want to know? Some my friends, the Tish brothers own the Giants along with John Mara. John Mara's my friend. I think the Giants will be back. Don't worry. Because you know what, Carlo? There's a lot of guys that never got that shot. And maybe they'll get that shot to come on the Giants. And maybe they didn't have the opportunity, and maybe they're just as talented as Odell Beckham without all the rizzle and razzle, and maybe they could catch the ball as well as Odom. So let's not cry in the in our soup, okay?
2: Please, don't be a defeatist attitude. That's okay. There we go. Some positivity for us. Uh, we had a great show today. Uh, please follow us. Uh, you could follow us on social media. We're at One Tough podcast on Twitter. Bo is at. Odilo on Twitter, and you can email all your questions. We love hearing from our fans' suggestions. Uh, you could email one tough podcast at gmail.com, and uh, we will see you next week.